All right, welcome back to another episode of the Rich Life Projects. And uh, before anyone says anything, no, this isn't my brother. He's my brother from another mother, but if we, hey, the ball dome. So no, he's not my brother, but we're related in, in uh, brothers from other mothers. And I just want to welcome one of the, uh, one of the real, I suppose you could say to me, one of the icons of combat sport in Australia with commentating and being a real, um, the real linchpin for Australian Muay Thai, uh, in Australia that we've had over the over the years and really done a lot for combat sports in Australia in general and he's and everyone knows him from the from the Fox Sports and stuff. Mark the Hammer Cassanides. <laughs> Welcome my friend. It's good to be here, Richie brother. Mate, it's see it's been um been a little while but I wanted to get you on just to uh you know you you're a person who's really had a great story from what I just know in the combat sports but um, as the rich life projects goes we dig deep <laughs> dig deep boy and, we go. Uh, but what's been happening mate what's been happening mate, of late just, just um yeah just just working my ass off basically it's been tough times as uh, we've all experienced uh, yep. recently yeah um, but mate I'm, I'm I'm in the gym every day I'm trying to keep my body together that's the challenge for me these days. Has uh, been in the fifties. Uh, things things uh, break a lot, a <laughs> lot, sad, a lot or... easier as they <laughs> they used to. But um, mate, I'm 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 uh, I'm dedicated to my, to you know to the business and to the martial arts as as ever, and um, yeah, doing my best in in life, life in general, generally. You know, is uh, good. You know, care for my mum who's who's elderly. Unfortunately, has got a, a bit of a Alzheimer's now, which is a, it's such a it's such a bad thing. You know, I quit corporate. I used to run um, a mag- magazines, Blitz Martial Arts, a kickboxer, and Ironman magazine, and golf magazine, yep. and triathlon. It's a stable of um, you know a number of sporting titles, Blitz yep. publications. I quit that in 2012, so it's it's 10 years of just whiz by. And I quit it. I got out of corporate in 2012. I was in it for 22 years. I started that business with the the managing director, and we built it up. And then I. Um, my my stepdad when he you know, recently passed away, um, but I was caring for for him and my mum. Yep. And uh, now it's just my move my mum closer to, to me uh, out in the east of Melbourne here. Yep. And uh, my part time job uh, is is looking after her. Being the carer. As as, uh, as is my my fiance. She's uh, she's you know the two of us and and my daughter. Yep. Um, you know, we would, we just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing as a, as a small family unit yep. in uh, in looking after. The, the elder of the family, that's yeah. my mum. And, uh, you know, she's got a bit of, bit of as I said, the memory's going a little bit, so it can be challenging at times. Yeah, I bet, I bet. And anyone out there that's got a relative or, or a parent that, that has it, mm. um, you know, we just got to keep keep doing our best keep and uh, not not allow the frustration no, of no. dealing with that to uh, to creep in. But, yep. man, it's some days are harder than others, let me tell you. Yep. And then, and then it, you know, as I said, being in the 50s, it – it makes you realise that hey, you only got so many summers, summers left. Summers left, yeah. You know, before before um, yeah, before you yeah. know the sun goes down on you, so to speak. So I'm trying to I'm trying to live my best life, and and my resolution for this year is to to try and enjoy things just a little bit more and, and yeah. have a good balanced life and, and still keep the business and the, yeah, the fighting right. and the martial arts up there as yep. as a passion and, and my main business mode. So, yep. yeah. And get married. Try and spend more time with my hey mates. Uh, hey, so we just, we've, we've, we've doubled up here, you know, hey. we're multitasking, multitasking, spending time with a mate and doing hey. a podcast. Nothing <laughs> better than that, brother. That's it. So you get married obviously again yeah, uh, as around. well? Yeah, I had a few goes at it before. <laughs> You got to. It didn't work out, you know, but I'm few, going for the. Few this practice, is my last one. Few practice laps, and <laughs> nah, now I'm ready for the GP, <laughs> nah, mate. That's ready the for the GP. <laughs> that's good. That's good. No, and Dom, she's a beautiful person yeah. as well. So, uh, no, it should be a uh, should be a, a special moment for you yeah. as well. And uh, obviously, the business, as you said, Hammer Hammer uh, Gym. Yeah, Hammer's Gym's in uh, out here in Nunnawading. It's been it's it's a you know, two thousand square meters. It's a big it's a big facility. You know, we've got weights, we've got the Muay Thai, we've got boxing programs going going huge. Um, you know, the MMA, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Then we've got yoga and spin classes and the Kyokushin Karate as well. Yep. Paddy Pinto's uh, running that there. Yep. Um, so you know, plus the twenty four seven gym strength and conditioning classes. Matt, yeah. I, I I built this place when I started it. I thought when I was fighting, what yeah. would what would I want? 
you know, we we started with, as you know, we were yeah. very basic means. <laughs> bench press and you know, uh, mate, the not bag. even, you know, school halls, you yeah, know, a couple true, of pads. True. You know, you're training on the wooden floors. I remember my, my first, uh, one of my first lessons with, uh, um, uh, you know, Shihane Eddie Emin, um, you know, uh, down in Elwood. Kukushin uh, You know, and I used to train with Judd Reed and, and the like. Another um, legend. Poly, you know. We used to, you know, get there in an old, it was an old, old scout hall or an old council hall. Yep. Just be shit everywhere, dust. And, you know, the first thing you do is you get the towels and you roll them up and it'd be like four across, you know, yeah. like four students across. So that, that's what you're sort of trying to involve in, in creating your gym now. <laughs> yeah, look, that's where we come from. But, I you know, it was very the... humble beginnings and, and you had to be – you had to be. Well, let's, let's, yeah. go, let's go back to the humble beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> so born and bred in Melbourne? Yeah, I was born in Melbourne, yeah. Yep. I grew up in Northcote, which Northcote back in the day was – was a bit of a um, it's a slum. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't say that. No it was word. a shithole. It was a pretty <laughs> shitty place to live, but um, you know, it was tough, a tough and rough and ready area. Yep. Um, my my dad, my real father, was a um, a painter and docker. Oh, um, okay. Yep. In a, on, working on the wharfs. Yep. Um, unfortunately, uh, he was killed when I was five years old. Um, so I knew him, but I didn't really know him. Yeah. Uh, my mum, um, hardworking woman. You know, it's funny because. She only, you know, went on a plane when uh, you know I took her on a holiday in her eighties. So yeah, she never, wow. never had a, never had a holiday. You know, worked in a factory. Wow. Um, you know, when my dad died, she she had to keep it together yeah. for me having a, having a kid, single mum. And you know, back then, being a single mum wasn't. You know, I, I went to a Catholic school, St Joseph's in Northgate, and I still remember this. We're going to talk about uh, childhood shit because back then, you know, it was mum and dad families, kids. Yep. And my mum was obviously a single mum then because she was widowed. And I remember the kid in the playground coming up to me and going, you're a bastard. And I'm like, what's that? And, you know, like yeah. I had no idea. You know, six years old. And I went home and I'm like, oh, what's a bastard, you know? And she was like, you know, I could see the disappointment in her face. And she's like, oh, it's, you know, when you, you only have one parent and, you know. Yeah, so that was, you know, yeah. back then, you know, it was like, it was tough, it was tough. Tough, uh, tough days. To hear that. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things that sticks with you as a kid. You yeah. know, there's these moments in your life when you're a child and you remember certain things and they might be traumatic or they may be great, yep. great memories. True. That's one that stuck with me and I'm like, if I grab that little prick that said that <laughs> to me today, I'll pull his head off his shoulders. But, uh, um, <laughs> but you know, so, yeah, tough tough upbringing. Yep. And then my mum uh, remarried uh, my stepdad um, when I was about eight or nine. And he was, he was a hard taskmaster, you know. He was ex-military um, and he was a matador. He was a bullfighter back yeah, in the day. Wow. Um, he had a lot of, a lot of uh, hard, you know, hard life as well. Yep. And you know, pass that on to me. Just he didn't make anything easy for me, man. Like yeah. I worked, you know, work with him. I'm a, I'm actually uh, an upholsterer, an antique restorer by trade. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I've got to, you know, I did my my apprenticeship. You know, I've done I've done a lot of stuff, man. But yep. working with him, you know, was in a family business, and you know a little bit about that. Twelve hours a day, six days a week, and I uh, had Sundays off, and that was to pick up the dog shit and mow the lawn wow. and wash the cars. That was my <laughs> life up until I was about 21, 22. Yep, and then I just busted out and yeah, you know, did, and with with your your like your biological dad passing at five. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, when you were five. Yeah. Um, what sort of what sort of impact did that have on you? As uh, in, as in, obviously with school called a bastard and so yeah. forth. But um, you know, like confidence come. You know, did it have a, a uh, major impact? A, yeah, it had a major impact on me. Yeah, look, my mum tried her best. You yeah. know, she did. Um, and and working in factories, and I, again, you know, I went to school one day, and then I come home, and I didn't. My dad didn't come home. Yeah. Okay. So it's like. What happens when you go to school? Your parents disappear. That was as a, <laughs> yeah. as a kid. That's in well, my mind. Uh, yeah. So, so then, then I, I was a, a little bit of a challenge for my mum because she was working two, three jobs to try and keep us, you know, living. Yep. She'd drop me off at school, or I'd walk to school, whatever yep. it was. Yep. Um, and I'd go. I don't want to be here because yeah. I want to. I want to go and see my mum because I don't know if, if I'm she'll go, come home. Yeah. So that well, was, yeah. uh, you know, when you're a kid, you don't realise no. that you just have these behaviours. But now I look back and I'm like, uh, you know, as I got older, I'm like, why was I so scared and why didn't I want to go to school? Yeah. And, you know, back when I was going to school, I went to St. Joseph's and, and the nuns were 
teachers, you know, yeah, like okay. in primary school. Yep. And it was like, you know, they'd just have no nonsense. They'd, they'd you know, you'd cry and say, I don't feel well. They're like, yeah, Ball whatever. Right, yeah, yeah, have a chewing gum, go, go back a to whipping school. Whipping with the cane or yeah, something. Yeah, they didn't, you know, they were pretty hard. Yep. And that's, you know, it's, it was just a hard, hard time. Yep. But I, and I'd, you know, my mum would be working like in a clothing factory somewhere in Northcote and I'd just, leave school and just roll up at her face. She's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I didn't want to go to school. She's like, fuck. And I'm looking, you know, <laughs> as a parent, I'm thinking she'd be just going, oh, this little prick again. <laughs> I just got to work, you know. Oh, so man. I would just, you know, but as I got older, I'm like, why did I have these behaviours? What was I, was it, you know, it was a lot of separation anxiety from, I'm thinking, well, my old man went to work and didn't come home one day. Yep. And I still remember, you know, I still remember my mum opening the door and there was a work safe ad that was on. Okay. And it used to be the mum would open the door yep. and the kid was standing there with its with the mum yep. and the coppers would go, I'm sorry, we've got some bad news for you. And it yeah, was a thing well. about work safe, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I, that, that, that fucking ad was tr real triggering for me because that's one thing I do remember from my childhood. I remember the coppers coming to the door and saying to my mum, you know, there's been an accident and your husband's, you know, been killed. And I remember my mum breaking down and I remember then the neighbours coming over and fucking looking after me and and I'm like, man, like that was just like that happened to me. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't wow. a fucking TV ad. No. That's what happened in life. my life. So wow. I remember and you gotta think my mum at the time was thirty five years old. She was not and you know, my dad died when he was thirty five. That's young wow. that's young to die, yeah. Fuck, like so that was when then when I turned thirty five I'm like, man, I was I was still fighting. I was fit. I'm like, fuck, my old man died when he was 35. I'm 35. That's that's a life cut short. Yeah. When you're a kid, you're like, that's oh, right. 35 is fucking ancient, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you're 35, it's like, shit, this is like half a life. Not even, you know? When you're 50. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that was, that was my early years. And then, yeah. you know, as I said, you know, I, I respect and, uh, and I'll do everything, you know, I try and make my mum's life easy now because she had a hard life. Yep. She was widowed at 35. Yeah. She worked her, her ringer off for so many years, never had a holiday, never had any sort of luxury at all in yep. her life. She The first time she stayed in a hotel and got room service in Sydney was last year. I took it oh, at, really? I took it at a circular key and oh, got her at the beautiful. Four Seasons there. Yep. And she woke up and had breakfast looking at the Sydney Arbour oh, Bridge. Wow. Never had room service in a hotel in their life. So you think about that. Wow. For everyone out there going, oh, my life, fucking think about that. Yeah. Wait till you're 80 to stay in a hotel and have room service and, and live time. that, you know, live any sort of luxury. luxury so right. now my, my goal is, you know, to, to try and obviously have, have the best, some good That's quality right. of life, but yeah. also extend it to, to, to the people that I care about, essentially 100%. my mum, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that- that's me today, yeah, man. Like yeah. in honesty. So. And when so you you're going through that, you've gone through that with your your father passing, and then your single mum. And what? How how did you come about martial arts, kickboxing, martial arts? What was the yeah. the the entry point <laughs> into that? Because obviously you've been yeah. in the game for as long as I have, if yeah. not probably even a little bit longer. Yeah, I've been. Um, look, I've been. It's. I started really. My first martial art lesson was probably when I was 13, 12 or thirteen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I left primary school. We did, you know, St. Joseph's in Northcote. And I went to Northcote Tech. Northcote Tech was a – the school's not even – doesn't even exist anymore. Doesn't but it? Wow. It was, it, was a, it was a hard school to to, group, to go to. Um, and I had to catch a bus every morning, you know, and I remember um, I was catching a bus on High Street, Northcote, and I had my 20 cents to get on the bus because it was your bus fare. 20 cents. And, and I, I, you yeah. know, three guys come up to me in the morning and they've gone, give us your money. Now give us your bus money. And I'm like – no, I've got to get to school. Not my 20 And they're like, they're like, no, you're giving it. Bang, ba bang, ba bang. <laughs> Bounced my head off the footpath a few times. Got my 20 cents. Wow. And then, I, you know, got on the bus. The bus turned up. I'm a bit, bit of a fucking bit of a mess. Bus driver said, just get on. I got to school. They put me, went to school, went to the um, sick bay. Sick back bay, then. yeah, like all that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just, you know. Give me, me a bit of, give me a bit of a rest. But then a kid I, I grew up with, his, his name was um, Paul Griff, I remember. Um, we, went to, we went from prep together to, you know, secondary school. Yeah. And he, his, he, he, you know, he found out about it. But his brother was like at the time, I think form, I don't know, yeah, they used to be yeah. form five or yeah, whatever that right. is, year yep, 10, yep. year 11, 12, yep. whatever. Yep. But they all trained a little bit of martial arts, his older, his older, his older brother and his mates. Okay. And they knew who these 
guys were that bashed me. So they went around to where they lived and they give them a bit of a touch up. So it's a bit of payback. So <laughs> they, got, they got involved because they're like, oh, this, you know, here's my little brother's friend, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, how do they do that? I just got pummeled by these guys. How can, how can you beat that? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, he does the Kung Fu, this, that, blah, blah, blah. So through that, 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 that I suppose, sparked my interest in what yeah, martial arts yeah. is. There's these big bad guys that beat the crap out of me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, perhaps I offered a little bit of resistance. Probably <laughs> probably not. They were a lot older. Took my money. I'm yeah, like, yeah. you know, and then I'm like, now he's gone and he's gone, you know, they, they were like the scariest people I've ever come across yeah. in, in some ways. Yep. I had the odd punch up in primary school, but, yep. but that, there's nothing of that extreme violent level that I'd ever in, in come across. So then you get, hang on, these real violent guys just got put on their heads by a guy that was really lovely. Like he, yeah, yeah. my mate's my mate's older brothers, they were stylish. I remember their uncles used to own Aquila shoes. They, you know, they had the Aquila shoes on at school. They, they dressed beautiful hair. You know, they were those <laughs> Italians, you know what I'm saying? They, they were the smooth yeah, Italians. Yeah, the smooth. And I'm like, they've gone and fucking pasted up these other guys. I'm like, I want to know how they did that. So that sparked my interest in martial arts. There was another kid that I went to school with. His old man was a judo instructor. Yes. So we started started doing a little bit of judo, just playing around. And then uh, after that, you know, so that was my initiation to martial arts. And as I said, I had a hard upbringing. And my stepfather was, you learn a trade, you know, I was a, quite a good footballer when I was a kid. I played for Richmond Little League, yeah. you know, back when the Little League wasn't, you know, the charity thing where That's any true. kid from any school got it. Yep. You had to go to training at Punt Road. You had to try and get into the team. They picked, they selected a team from, from yeah. you know, the kids that turned up from training. And then, you know, I, I played at, you know, VFL Park when it was when it was still around yeah, out of Waverley. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I remember playing there against St Kilda. Uh, there's these memories of, so I was quite sort of bouncing around here, but I was, I was not bad sportsman when yeah, I was a kid, yeah, yeah. but then my you know, the stepfather, he's like, that's all bullshit, learn a trade. You don't need to worry about sport, <laughs> you know? So I was taken out of anything to do with sport. I worked then in that, that family business I spoke about till till I was, you know, 20, 21. Yeah. And then uh, and then the first thing I did was was join up at Elwood and cook a shin. So yeah. it's over 30 years now of, of training pretty much every week of my life or, yeah. you know, the uh, yeah, I, I, it's that, been since, since since my you know since twenty twenty one till my my fifties now. Yep. I've trained, man. It's been a part of my life, and I was lucky enough to um, to work, you know, through through a few you know a few opportunities. Blitz magazine, you know, I was working various jobs, yep. and I used to always have my martial art magazines. It was Australian Fighting Arts yeah, AFA, yeah, yeah. and there was Blitz, and yeah. there was Fighter magazine from the UK, and I made that was what I'd read at lunchtime when I was yeah. at work. Um, when I was a storeman, you know, I was I was a forklift driver and a storeman for some years. I had a canvas bag that was hanging up in the back of the warehouse. I'd, I'd have my lunch and I'd go hit the bag, you know, in my lunch break. Yeah. Everyone thought I was fucking crazy. And I probably was <laughs> back then. Had a few anger issues yeah, and yeah, stuff I needed to yeah. work out. Um, is, that a, is that initially how you got into the fighting? Like obviously you read magazines and then you're like, yeah. wow, I want to get in and, and yeah, test I, myself? Or well, It was through the Kyokushin and it was funny because I was talking to Judd. You know, it's funny how life goes around. Judd Reed was probably 16 or, or, or so when I started training with him. He was a phenom back then, man. Yeah, like he was really, fighting yeah. – Adult men, black belts, and just telling them up. Mate, the kid oh. was is special, yeah. Yeah, I remember. And that. now we, you know, we we work together on certain certain things now, and and I'm blessed to you know sort of reconnect with with him and and a few guys from that era. But Kyokushin, when I started, I, I got the book to still in my office when I was working for the old man. Uh, I, there was a second hand bookshop near our shop, yep. and I just walked in and I was. Buying books, I bought a book called you know Vital Karate, and it was a book by Masoyama, yeah. and it was Kyokushin, and I just used to train myself because I knew from being primary school or early secondary school years that I loved the, the martial arts thing. Yeah. So I'd buy books on it, and and this particular book was like my bible. So yeah, I'd pick, right. I'd look at, Self you know, look at the, the striking and the stances, and yeah. you know, do the push ups and and stuff like that in my room yeah. or or at work, you know. Um, and then, uh, as I said, when I left and I moved on to other things, I was at Bennettswood Gym. It's a gym out in the east, and there was uh, there was a room off to the side of this gym, 
and they did karate lessons there. Okay. And there was a, a karate instructor there called Wada Sensei. Wada was from Japan. Oh. So he was an Uchidesi from Japan that got sent to Australia and to the teach. Ushidoshi is yeah. the, the students yeah. that live Living, in the yeah. dojo and yeah. they train, I think it's like six hours yeah. a day. They Judd Reed done day. it. Yeah. So and I three. remember him telling me yeah. on, on the podcast yeah. that he was like six hours a day. Yeah. Six hours a day. And when the, the Kohai come, you know, you start, as a, as I said, the hierarchical system is you start at the bottom. Yep. And Judd would, yeah, he told me, you know, you're in your bunk bed. And if a, a higher rank comes in, you got to you got to stand up out of your bed and acknowledge them. Yep. You can't lie there when they walk past you. It's like it's a real discipline. It's like military yep. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Anyway, so while it was there, I seen this phenomenal dude like stretching his leg up in the door jam, you know, like yeah, his, he like was, a Van Damme. It was fucking vertical, man. His wow. leg was up in here, and I'm like, look at that. I want and I went and spoke to them, and uh, they referred me on to uh, the Kyokushin Club in Elwood. I started training there, and then it was a natural progression, you know, that you go, oh, there's a tournament, so everyone would compete. But you got to think, and I, it's funny. I look back at it now with all the health and safety and this and that and everyone complaining about everything. I'm like, man, it was like no gloves. I didn't know what a fucking shin guard was. Yeah. When I got shown a shin guard, I'm like, oh, that would have been handy fucking five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, no shin guards, no gloves, and you just get in and start throwing them and just, you know, show respect, show discipline and try and implement what you were just taught. Yeah. So it was a natural progression then to go, okay, well, now – We've, we spar each other in the gym. Now, you know, the ultimate test is to spar someone you don't know. That's right. That is in competition with you. Yeah. You know, and it's not about fighting anyone and beating up on anyone. Yeah. You know, martial arts and fighting for me is about matching your skills with someone of an equal or better skill level That's right. to gauge where you're at. How, not only how much does that not happen? These not days? only in physically, but mentally, yeah, and that yeah. was the thing. You know, yeah. you go, you're fighting someone, and you just got to see how good you are yeah, or not. Hundred yeah, percent. So 100%. that was. Uh, so that's how I got into competition through the Kyokushin initially. Yeah, and then and busted up my hands. Uh, obviously, yeah, bust up your hands, but yeah. you become like cruiserweight WKA cruiserweight mm. champion. Yep. But, and back in the day, WKA um, was like was, the was biggest. The that was the thing, man. That was then the, before WMC, yeah. before ISKA, yeah. all that in Australia, and I. I'm June was it June who used to run the oh, WK? June, June Chan was from yeah from, from Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, it, it was a uh, Chanchuk phase. Mrs. That's right. Bang. That's right. But June Chan was one of the the heads. But WKA was huge. Yeah, was Bob massive. Jones. Bob Jones was a big big. You know, Man, I, tra- that, I trained. That was an icon name. Bob yeah, Jones. So yeah. I trained under the Bob Jones Corporation. Yeah. I was lucky enough to train at the house that that Bob had in Heidelberg, which is wow. you know the headquarters there. I did a couple of sessions there. Trained yep. a little bit with, and Bob was at a time a bit of a mentor for me too. Yeah. So I left Kyokushin. And then uh, my hands were busted up. I couldn't fight without gloves. Yeah. And then uh, I was working security, working doors, you know, nightclub yeah, doors. Yep. And I remember, you know, everyone knew I could fucking throw a few kicks because I used to drop a lot of people leg kicks yeah. on the door because you can't go to you can't <laughs> go to security. jail. You can't go to jail for kicking someone in the leg. <laughs> That's the best. Punch them in your head, you're locked yeah, up. Yeah, you're gone. Cork their thigh, coppers are laughing. Yeah. So, so I, you know, that was my trademark thing. And then uh, a kid came up to me at the club and he goes, hey, you reckon you're all right? He goes, go in this. And he handed me a flyer for a, a, a BJC tournament. Yeah, and yeah. I remember it was at Preston Town Hall. Oh, and it was, yeah. And I rolled up there and I'm like, Fuck, I'll give that a go. I reckon I'll have a crack. So I rolled up and there was guys like, um, you know, Craig Larson and uh, all that down there, um, Scrooge Madigan. These are old school, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. um, uh, what's his Martial name? Come to, yeah, they, these are all Bob's, you know, in a oh, circle. Yeah, they okay, were running yeah, it. Yep, yep. And I entered myself on the day and I went in and I, I put my gi on and my, my, my karate suit on, you yeah. know, and they've gone, mate, can't go into that. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, no, nah, don't take that shit off. You got to you gotta, you, you take your belt off and take your jacket off. You leave the long pants on. But well, then they sold me, they go, what rank are you? And I'm there. They sold me a green singlet, which was the, the rank, the division yeah, I went in. Right, eh? And they go, oh, you'd be a heavyweight. Bang, it's in the heavyweight tournament. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll kick the shit out of these guys, no problem. Yeah. But I had no boxing. That was yeah. the problem. So my head's getting pummeled like a speedball. But I dropped a few axe kicks and I did a few like, the leg yeah. kicks. Right. So I got through and I think I come running up in the heavyweight division. I've never done it before. Yeah, wow. and, then, and then the chief come up to me after and he goes, what are you doing, mate? Better time. I know, but the yeah. karate, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, not now. I'm just, 
you know, I've, this is a story, broke my hand. And he goes, well, you should, you want to join with us? And I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a crack. Yeah. And he goes, are you going, you know, where do you live? And he sent me off to Steve Nadalkos's yep. uh, stable back in the day. Uh, yep. And, um, you know, they embraced me and I, I went through the system with, with the BJC and I got yep. my black level with them. And, um, you know, at the time I was running security. Yep. So I, I said to all my security crew, I'm like, we're going to Muay Thai. We're going yeah. to so there'd be a bunch of buffed bouncers down at, you know, we were training at Doncaster and one of the school halls back then, yeah. just punching the crap out of each other two <laughs> times a week, trying to learn this Muay Thai caper. Uh, and yeah. then, uh, yeah, then from there went on and, you know, fought under Eastside Gym and then uh, found, um, you know, then then um, met up with um, Bryce Burtwistle, who oh, was yeah, my, yeah. my last He was trainer. a great coach back in his day yeah, too, man. So Bryce uh, took me through fighters. and I was really his first Muay Thai fighter because Louis Isafides and oh, Dale yeah, Westerman, wow. they were kickboxing and boxing and I was the Thai boxing token kid. Like, they were massive names yeah. back in the day. So we trained together and it was a great, great thing. But the, the WKA Australian title, and I'll, I'll say this because sometimes life opportunities get dropped in your lap. Yeah, yeah? yeah. So at the time I was with a girl, got her pregnant, stopped training because she was going to have a kid. And I was focusing on just, you know, it was it was like October, November, so it was like the end of the year. And I'm like, no, I focus on making a few dollars of work security and work my day job. I worked, I worked three jobs back then, yeah. plus training. And I've gone, no, nah, I'll just focus on that. And I get the call. And it was um, Mark Corey and Warren McGee did uh, Eastside Promotions. They yeah, rang me up. Yeah. And their their main, the fighter, his name was Pat Costanzo. He, he, I think he rolled his ankle. So he was supposed to fight. Um, Romelo Pio, who was a the Samoan wild man. I oh, remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. they go, oh, mate, with, with the, the main events had a, had a pull out. Do you want to take the fight? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got to work. When is it? They go, oh, it's Saturday night, whatever. And I'm like, what are you going to give me? I go, I get paid 300 bucks for the night. Give me 300 bucks and I'll fight. So they've gone, yeah, fuck, sweet. They got a good deal, those, those yeah, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, they, so they got like 2,000. <laughs> you got 300. No, nah, man, no one was getting that money nah. back then. I'm like, shit, I'll jump in. Yeah. But it, it's at that point. You know, this was, I got offered to fight on the thing on the, the Wednesday and I was fighting on the Saturday and I'd stopped training. Yep. I'm like, you know what? Everyone's written me off here. No one thinks I've got a chance to beat this this yep. Samoan who's been prepping for this fight for months. I'm like, fuck, I'm having a crack. Yeah. And I remember thinking I'll, I'll probably never get, because I went straight from, you know, just being a contender and usually go Victorian title, Australian title. Yeah. I went, I skipped the Victorian thing. Fuck, mate, go straight to Australian <laughs> title, have a crack. They're thinking I'm going to get flogged. I'm yeah. like, I've got other ideas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got offered that opportunity. But I remember, you know, Bryce at the time and, and I remember in my mind thinking, you know what, I'm having, my daughter's going to be born. You know, who knows where my life will go. I want to have something that I can say, hey, your dad did this, your dad was this guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, back then I was just just a, just training and fighting and loving loving what I was doing, not for any any accolade. There was no social media. No, Most no, of my friends true. didn't even know I was fighting. Yeah, right. I just did it because I, I was a fighter, man, not, look, not, for, not because I needed anything, yeah. any, any, you know, high fives. I just did it because it was a martial arts yeah. ethos to train, and fight and, yeah. and live that lifestyle. So the fight come along, I think I, I got a win and I know, stopped him in second or third round, whatever it was. And and it was a, it was a dream realised, man. Like I remember put, when that belt got put on yeah, me well. and I'm like, how's hey, hey. this? How's hey, this a Saturday hey, night? Really? And I don't have to bash <laughs> anyone at a pub. It's great. <laughs> so it's, you know, I was just happy to be ha- happy to, yeah. to get that opportunity. I embraced it and I yeah. remember thinking, man, I – He'll have to hit me with an axe in the face to stop yeah. me. There's nothing stopping me here, and and it was it was just I never said I was the best fighter technically, yeah. But I would match my mental strength with any fucking yeah, yeah. human being. And, at do, that and time. do you think that mental strength once you started getting in the into the fight game, come from a lot of the stuff that you dealt with as a kid? Absolutely, you because know, because obviously you yeah. had the uh, like low confidence. Yeah. You were saying yeah. with the, the bullying, the this, the that, all the cliches. What shit. about the 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 uh, sort of contemplating suicide sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, look, I, I had my dark moments and, um, yeah, we all have them. Oh, man, maybe I still have them even today. Yeah. You know, my life is not ideal in many ways and I'm challenged, you know, constantly we, we speak about the, you know, you and I speak about the demons that play around in your head at times and some days are real hard for me, brother. And I'll say yeah. that even of the last few weeks, I've, I've had my moments, I've had, yeah. my, I've had my dark times. Yeah. Um, and I just push on because that's what I've always done. And I think initially, 
you know, when I was young, I had a lot of anger issues. I had a lot of conflicting thoughts in my head. I didn't know what my place was in this world as a young man, as many young men do. You, you don't know where you mm. fit, yep. you, you know, and, and, uh, Back then, I used to think I wasn't worthy. Mm. And I'm like, fuck growing up today with everyone on Instagram showing you how good oh, their life wow. is and you thinking you're shit. Wow. I'm like, man, I, I, you know, challenging back yeah. then already in my own. Yeah, yeah. My own self-esteem was challenging because yeah. I didn't think I was good but, enough. But the, fight, the, but the fighting, when you got mm. into the fighting – that was another. That would have been another channel to go. Well, the, now yeah. I can put all that into that. Well, that was you know, I think we've spoken about this before. Where I used to go to training, especially Kukushin, and yep. I'd get battered, bro. Like yeah, battered. Yeah, yep. You know, as a beginner, as a novice, and I just loved it. I loved to feel something because I felt nothing before that okay. in my life. Okay. I felt loneliness. I felt sorrow because of you know what yep. had happened. I felt alone. I felt alienated, I felt angry, I had all these feelings and I'd go to training and I'd just go, just, I'm here to train and I'd get punched and I'd try and punch back and I'd just get fucking pummeled and afterwards, like, you know what, still here, you know, everything's been thrown at me, look at me, I can't walk, yep. bruises on my chest the next day, reddening and I'd, go, I'd wear that shit like badges of yeah. honour, bro, because 100%. I was like, fucking throw everything at me, yep. life. Yep. I'm taking it yep. and I'm going to try and keep going. And in my darkest moments, you know, I did contemplate doing some still some, you know, yeah, stuff yep. that wouldn't, obviously was no good. And it's just something that just made me keep going, you know, whatever it was. Mm. You know, maybe arts, maybe it was my dad looking down on me and saying, keep going, I don't know. Keep pushing. Just kept going. And the martial arts, little did I know when I was that, you know, that 14, 15, 16-year-old kid that just had no place on this planet and yep. thought I was worthless because yep. I was often told you'll never amount to anything, you're never going to be able to look after yourself, you'll never have a job, no one will ever fucking hire you, yep. you're good for nothing. I was yep. told that. You know, yeah, that yeah. Was, Talk about affirmations. I was given that's, all the wrong ones. That's harsh. But back in the day- you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel anger towards it because that was back in the day how how people were brought up. You were just told fucking go harder, be better. Yeah. There was no old. Oh, soft. You, you, know, you go to school if you run race and if you if you come third or fourth or fifth in the race, yep. you're fucking lost. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, here's a certificate and here's a you know, good effort. Participation. There was no good effort. If you weren't winning, yeah. you were losing. That's that's the fact, That's bro. the mentality And was. you know what? Sometimes that's life. If you're not winning, you're losing. Yeah. But it's what happens when you lose that yeah. matters. And, and for me, it was like I just kept going and then I f found the martial arts yep. and it was – just getting in and feeling something yep. that just it wasn't a good feeling often. No, no, no. But but I still felt something and I'm like, man, I'm going back and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying. And that was something that that, you know, my instructor said to me after a grading, he said to all of us, and I say this to my students, if you can do well in martial arts and get to a, a mid to high rank level, yep. you'll do anything you want in life. Hundred percent. And you know why? It's because to be a high rank in a martial arts, you have to overcome adversity. You have to turn up. You have to not bitch. You have to put the work in and then you get your reward of your rank. If you do the same thing in life, yep. you'll get what you want. Yeah, That's work right. hard. That's right. You don't get enough money. It's like, oh, interest rates are going up. For, oh, what am I going to do? Get a fucking another job. Yeah, There's plenty yeah. of jobs. Yeah. So you don't have enough money. I didn't, you know, oh, I fucking had loans when the interest rates were 10 to 20%. Yeah, Tell right. me about 3% oh, and complain. Fucking shut oh, up. Wow. Go and work, you know. Yeah. So it's, I get it. Yep. It's challenging. But yep. you know what? Everything's challenging in this world if you let it yeah, be. Definitely, definitely. And if you want more, you got to do more. Yep. You know, yep. if you if you want to pay your bills and you want to get ahead, yep. well, you have to, if you want to be above average that's financially, right. yep. well, then you have to do more than be above that's, average that's financially. Right. If you work one job, you're only going to get paid one wage. Yeah, 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 you work yeah. three jobs, you get three wages. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Hang on. I'm getting triple what old mate next door's earning. Yeah. Why? Because I'm putting triple the effort. That's exactly right. Sport, finance, whatever yeah. it is. Do more, get more. Yeah, that's, that's life. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I definitely agree with you that. That's why I do less these days. I got, I got no <laughs> money, but no money, but happy yeah, just doing nothing. Hey, don't, you've done your time, yeah, mate. Yeah, I'll just true. talk about the pool business yeah, you had. Yeah, yeah, true hey, that, true you that. <laughs> but yeah, so when you you've gone through your fight, and yeah. then uh, once you've gone through your fighting career, then obviously, um, when when did the the commentating and the promotion start. Okay. So how did 
it come about for combat sports yeah, to be put on Australian TV. How? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you the story of how it came yeah. about. So going back to when cable TV first started in Australia, first, yeah, it was only Channel 9, 10, That's ABC, right. Right. then cable TV started. There was a before Fox Sports, there was Galaxy TV, it was called. Really? Well, I don't so know. Galaxy TV then commissioned Bill Morty, and Fox Sports then come along and commissioned Bill Morty to do the boxing promotions because boxing used to be on Channel 7, TV ringside, that's yeah, right, going that's back right. in yeah. the day. So then, the, then these networks, these cable networks have come on and they've gone, hey, we're going to get some boxing on. No one could watch boxing on TV. So it was a revolutionary thing to have boxing on. So Bill Morty got a contract. Sort of like no limit over contract now with Fox Sports. Right. Sort of stunned full circle full almost. Full circle, yeah. So, and Bill Morty was running shows, but he was getting good money from from Fox Sports. So he didn't care about crowd. Bill no. would be, he'd be having a beer, shows running, everyone's watching it, but the, the stadiums would be empty. Yeah. So then it started to get competitive and Fox, and Fox, you know, sports wanted to get more combat sports on. And Dave Hedgecock was approached because Dave was good mates with Bill Morty. So okay. Bill Morty was told, for, you know, we want to find more stuff like what you're doing. And Dave Hedgecock was was uh, the first privy to it. And Dave rang me and he goes, mate, this is fucking TV. They want to put kickboxing maybe on. He goes, I don't know anyone else that could put it together. That was his, he goes, you're, you're the bloke that I reckon can do this. Yeah, okay. You know, because they, they didn't want to work with someone that was going to be selfish and hold it all to themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, I, I had, you know, I had, wasn't about me. It was about hey, this is an opportunity to get what I think is the best fucking sport in the world on TV, which was kickboxing and tie boxing yep. back then. Yeah. So I'm like, I grabbed it with both hands. I did all my homework. I was I was graced, made the calls, was given a meeting with the head of acquisitions at Fox Sports at the time. And a gentleman, uh, I think his name was Craig Dobbs. Uh, I think it was Dobbsy at the time that I spoke to. Um, I had to go in and do a presentation. And I went up with um, with the, the other guy in the company that, that uh, was with. I got all the statistics. And, you know, martial arts is generally in the top 10 sporting recreations practiced by the Australian public. Yeah, okay. So you've got golf, you've got yeah. netball, you've got soccer. Yep. Go down that list. There it is, martial arts. Yeah, so right. I went in on the, on the preface of here's something, a sport that is practiced widely. Now, kickboxing in itself isn't, mm. but martial arts was kicking and punching. A lot of people can relate to that. Mm. So when I was fighting kickboxing, like, you know, it was Kung Fu guys fighting karate guys, whatever. Yep. So we're all in the same elk. So I went in, did this presentation, and I said, just give me a chance. Give me a chance, film a show or two, put it on, and you'll see the ratings. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, I hope someone watches yeah. it. So we went in, and I, I, the first show we did um, – you know, I was sent out to, and at the time I was working with Michael Chavello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after doing that, and I said hey, to Michael, let's go. Combo, let's go, let's fucking. So we got sent to a show, um, and it was in Preston. They sent out one camera, I think one or two cameras only, which is pretty low production values, yeah. and they give us one microphone. So oh. we're, we're commentating on these ones. One, pass a microphone. <laughs> we're, we're both holding this microphone, just fucking commentating, but we made it work, man. We're like, you know what? Whatever, let's wow. just make it work. That show got on, did all right. They liked it. It was exciting, and then they said, "Hey, you know who else?" And then, and that's when I started to to broker deals with various promoters, including yourself, when yep. you were doing the, the shows on the, the Sunshine Coast, the yep. Detonation, the likes of Sunshine and the legends that you had on those yeah, shows, yeah. and then you know Evolution with Nugget yeah. and Josh and you know Ethan Shep with Nisa Fury yep. and the shows in Perth and then the shows in Melbourne. You know we did a few here. Yep. You know it was good and bad. I, you know I, I I was the conduit between the promoter and the network, and I was you know basically quality control. Plus I was running the magazine, so the the idea was we'd. Back then, obviously, this is this how old I am. There's no social media, yeah. So you wanted to know about fight sports. You bought a magazine, that's right. And then you know the first, that was when the internet was sort of kicking off, and the website started. Yeah. And there was Sports Blitz, which was a, a, a sporting yeah, forum. Yeah. So we had kick, that's the, right. the IK forum, Inter, International Kickboxer Forum, was where everyone jumped on. Yeah. And just had, had a crack say. at each other. Yeah. You'd have a topic like you know Zambides versus Pa, and then right. everyone would just have a crack. You know. Yeah. yeah I'm uh, so, out. I forgot about so, yeah, those yeah, days, so man. Was, you know, we started the forum. So my idea was to couple all the mediums together. Yeah. Magazine. 
boom, the stories, the covers, who's on the cover, you know, Wayne Parr, whoever, Sam Greco, then what's about it? Oh, they're fighting here. So that'll go on the sports, but people are talking about He's going to smash him. No, he's not. You're a dickhead. No, you're not. Blah, blah, blah. So we'd start off the hype. We'd start the story. We'd start the hype. And then we all driven to uh, come come to the show. There's a poster in the magazine for the show. Or- then we'd had the tally guide and it's going to be on Fox Sports. But I'd yeah, have to yeah. coordinate all these things incrementally and, and, and make it. And that was a, that was how a, we created the stars, man, yeah, you know, like. Yeah, true that, you know, 100%. Back, and then back then, now, who's who's the icon, iconic fighters that you know, stand out in your mind? There's a few, mm. but there's many. Because yeah. you go, oh, this guy's on, he's on Instagram. He's got, oh, he's got 200,000 followers. And yeah. who is he? But he's yeah. got 50,000. That's right. But back then it was like, if you made the cover of a magazine wow. or you got a feature story on you, that's a big, you were credible. That's a big deal. And and the guys that, you know, not, no disrespect, if you weren't of the elk of, of being worthy of getting that exposure, like That's you get right. in the paper or, yep. well, then you didn't. And then yeah. you just got to, you got to work to get into the magazines yeah. and get onto TV. Yeah, so okay. that's how it all come about. Yeah. And I'm, pr- I'm proud to be a part of that yeah, from yeah, day yeah, one, from day definitely. one. Yeah. And, you, and you and Chavello through those, through those TV commentating days became pretty much Fox Sports commentator icons in Australian yeah. combat sports because everywhere yeah. you went, people go, oh, that's, you know, Cassidy's, <laughs> that's Mike Shvello. Obviously, Mike Shvello yeah, is still yeah. doing with the one championship. Yeah, one championship and, and, and he's done one HD and he's done, he's done awesome. Yeah, he's, know, done some, yeah. he's done some great stuff as well. But that's, you know, some of those moments in your commentating life and I, I as I say, we've known each other for a lot of years, travelling Gold Coast, you know, yeah. Sunshine Coast, everywhere, everywhere and, everywhere, and yeah. crossing paths. But you're, you and um, Michael Shvello, like, you you were the voices. Yeah. You know, well, he the, he, he's yeah. the voice, but you guys were the yeah. voices of yeah. of the martial arts and combat on TV. You know, and, and we – we we had the best time. We yeah. the, we man, we were getting flown. I'm like, I'd get on the planes and Fox Sports would fly us to Gold Coast, and I'm like, how good's this? This is fucking this unreal. Is big trips. We, and, and and what? And I'm getting a hotel room and oh, meal money too. Stop it, <laughs> stop it. And I go, what I got to do? Just talk? No, wow. no one's hitting me. Oh, I'm doing that <laughs> shit all day. And then I've got Chevelle. I'm going, mate, you don't understand. He's like, no, I'm all right. And he's like, and we'd have our little banter. 100%. And then you know, we'd we'd go. He's going to win. I'm like, fuck, shut up. You don't know you're talking talking about and yep. you would have the banter and it was it was just good times man yep. you know when you when you have good chemistry you yeah. can't script oh. it we, we you know we we'd we'd pick out I'd go listen I reckon you go Zambetis I'm gonna go par because and he'd go fuck he's gonna be oh shut up you know you're talking about and I go hey we'll save that yeah we'll save, and then we'd get on there yep. and then we'd have that banter yep. but some you know it was it was real it was fun yeah and it comes back to the saying, just like you're doing these podcasts, when you love what you do, you yeah. do it well, yeah. you know, and we we did it well. I, you know, I look back on those years and I'm like, what happened wow. there, man? You what know, like- crazy journey that was. That was. From, from the inception of putting this first, you know, proposal to the network yep. to get kickboxing and Muay Thai on TV yep. to then travelling the country- and, and commentating, mind you, let's just talk about it because I wasn't, it's never been my full-time job. No. Mate, I worked in corporate, yeah. you know, five Magazines. days a week. I, I, I've owned nightclubs on the weekends. I've commentated on the weekends. I still trained all the way through. Yeah. Like there's no, I, I taught and I trained all the way through this. Yeah. And I've had other sideline businesses too. Yeah. I've bounced, you know, uh, on the doors of clubs. I've kept myself busy. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was, oh, it was good experience. Yeah. But, I had to make it work, man, you know, and I still had to pay the bills and I still, you know, had yeah. to support my daughter and our young family and just whatever it took, I yeah. did it. And, and having fun along the way. Well, I was lucky I had a well, bit of- I, 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 When I, I say fun, it was more probably you and Chevello getting to see some great Australian yeah. fights. Man, I, I, I still look back at it and I'm like, you know, then I come up with you know, ham, the hammer, hammer fight tips. Uh, but, that's uh, right. How did that come about? Because- we're putting Muay Thai on TV and people are watching it going, well, it's that fucking hugging <laughs> shit. Why are they hugging each other? Stand and fight. So then I thought, how are we going to explain that? Yep. I thought, I'll do a fight tip. I'll show how clinch works, how elbow works, yep. why fighters do what they do. Yep. So I was doing 
you know, I was doing tutorials before Instagram even started, exactly, man. On how, exactly. And, you know, there's shit yeah. on YouTube. I look at it now that's been put up there. It's from 20 plus years ago of me demonstrating stuff that's really quite basic. Yep. But it was all about educating the audience. Yep. And my passion was I love what we do mm. and I want everyone to know about it. Yep. I want everyone. And it's like I had to sacrifice a lot of my personal time. Yeah. And got often paid. Not I didn't get paid for doing it all, no, man. I just no, I, I just I, added and added to it because I wanted it to, to work, yeah. no matter what. And where, you know? where do you think the state of um, you know the kickboxing and Muay Thai these days is at? Because obviously the biggest thing, yeah. uh, boxing seems to be still big, but the UFC company has made it bigger through the MMA. And they've just yeah frontline media stuff. And it's, it's, you know, because you, you go back to and talk about Zambides and Wayne Parr yeah. and all that. And there's the the older guys go, yeah, wow, they were legends. Yeah. But the young ones come through. They, you know, I've said to even the young ones who come in the gym sometimes, they go, oh, you know, I've done boxing for quite some years now. And you go, oh, no worries, no worries. And they go, oh, what's your credentials? Yeah. And I go, oh, my brother and I, we, you know, worked under Jeff Fennick. Yeah, yeah. Who? Uh, yeah. So as soon as they say that, I'm like, uh, you yeah. haven't done nothing. <laughs> yeah. You've got yeah. your probably black belt in boxing. That's that's the type of people you've got. Look, it's, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, uh, because I've immersed myself in this game wholly and solely. I've dedicated my life and I've sacrificed a lot. And would I do it again? Because I missed out on a lot. Yeah, I yeah. missed out on my daughters growing up. I missed out on a lot of social things. I missed out on a lot. Because I thought I'm buying into this hundred yeah, percent, and everyone will appreciate it. Yeah. But you know what? You know those kids that don't know about Jeff Fennick? A lot of them fucking wouldn't even have a clue who I am, <laughs> nor care, no, nor no. And it's like that. So sometimes you go, you know, I had even Hammer Time Fight Show. I'm still the only fighter in this country to have his own TV show weekly. That is true. So, And it took me eight years of pitching that show to Fox Sports to get it over the line. Wow. And then I did it with Maguire Media, with Eddie Maguire's company. Yes. And uh, I had, you know, put the concept together, got it on, and it was just about showcasing and telling the stories of the great people in the sport, yeah. you know, getting not only um, – you know, guys even like Paul Warren who, who went to Afghanistan and lost his leg. That's right, yeah. Well, we, we showcased Paul, man. We, we got I, footage. and I, me- so, I remember him. You know, there, and, yeah. and, you know, it wasn't about just the fighting. It was about fighters are human beings that have lives, that have wives, that have bills, that have stresses, that, that have commitments. Yep. And I wanted to show that and, and not only – not only go through everything, just like what you're doing, yep. but show the, the other side. So one of my greatest achievements and what I'm happy about in all of that is that Hammer Time fight show. Because yeah. it's, never, it's never been done before, and I don't know if it'll ever be done again, you know, but and the, the, you're talking about the UFC, what killed it? UFC. Yeah, Because yeah. all the budget then got sucked into the UFC, and I remember Dana White saying, and, and at the time it was like, this guy, what is he talking about? And he goes, UFC is going to become a mainstream sport around the world, just like, you know, the NFL, just like basketball. He goes, we're going to be up with that. And at the time, everyone's like, this guy, yeah, what is he talking he's about? But no, look at, look, at, look at how it went. The Fertitas bought in, yeah. big money got involved. And I know now, you know, other, other promotions are trying to do the same. Yeah. But just like the NFL or the AFL, there's yeah. only one. There's only the others one. are always going to be the. No, as much as they don't want to hear it, yeah. you're going to be the poor second cousin. That's right. And then, you, <laughs> and then, you, and then you, you come down the trap to the local shows. Yeah. Going back to your question, where do I see it going? Yeah. I think MMA as uh, and and I, I was, uh, I remember being in the car with Marshall Zanelzik, who was one of the main guys at UFC some time back yeah. when they come to Melbourne, and we'll, I was driving him around, showing him arenas where yeah. the UFC could be held. And I was talking to Marshall, such a good guy, yeah, such a true. such a champion bloke. Yep. And he was telling me about their business plan. And he goes, you know, the, all the hierarchy of the UFC are, are, are accountants or lawyers. Yeah, so okay. they they had to they had to overcome all the legislative challenges. Yeah. And then they had to get a good business model. And it was funded by you know Dana and the, or Fertitas via Dana. Yep. Such a such a such an opportunity of people coming together to create something mm-hmm. that was so great. But it, it, at the time, it was said. They knew they would have this huge exponential growth, yep. which they did. Yep. But then they knew it would plateau, it would drop a little bit, and then it would bounce up and down. That's right. We're in the bounce up and down phase 100%, now. Yeah, I agree. That that growth of when the GSPs and the Chuck Liddells and and those guys were fighting, Forrest and Griffin that, yeah, first took off. That, 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 
those days, you know, they're gone. They yeah. try and they try and you know do it now with the Conor McGregor's and that, but. Yeah. It's sort of the storyline's been run and done. Yeah. So now when they reel it out, it's like, oh, that shit again, you know. Yeah. So h- how how's the UFC going to keep going and keep growing? That's the that's a million dollar question. That is a million I dollar believe question. it's oversaturated now. I mm. believe they're doing too many events. What they've done is created confusion in the marketplace. People can't keep track of the stars anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're running true. so many events with so many fighters. And one no will one, win no and then the next one yeah. and this and this guy's yelling at that one and that yeah. one's saying something derogatory yeah. about yeah. him. It's like just – it's it's become a little bit of a shit show. Yeah. And if I was advising them now, yeah. I'd say it needs clarity. It needs heroes again. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. needs big build-up fights yeah. and it just needs to be almost take – it's not going to happen no. because their business model is what it is now, yeah. and it's got a it's 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 a behemoth yeah. that has just got its own momentum and got to gather all this yeah. you know financial um, you know gain. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So it'll never go to what it was. Yeah. That was an era in time that we've lived through that I don't ever think we'll see again. Yeah. No, and true. when you come back to Muay Thai, the days yeah. of evolution. Yeah. And the, and those big events, I don't think we'll ever see that in Muay Thai again either. No, definitely definitely not Muay Thai or kickboxing to be honest. Yeah. Because some of the kickboxing now I'm in Melbourne, I go around and watch and I'm yeah. like, man, there's some great fighters, but there is. who who is it? But who are they? It's it's become too convoluted. Social media's made it a shit show where everyone yeah. just puts stuff up and yeah. people watch it and there's no education anymore. No. There's no clarity, there's no education and there's no storylines. That's right. It's just throw it out there, hope for the best. Yeah. So what where are we at? You know where we're at? We're at boxing taking over shit back locally again. Yeah. You know, and, the, the, and it's not because of good fighters either. It's it's look, because of sportsmen who are yeah. cross coding or built up. People get they're just cross taking, they're cross yeah. obviously contaminating with the crowd. So you've got the rugby league crew who taking on the reality crew. Yeah. So it's bringing more eyes to the sport. Exactly. But and it, it's obviously a, then more money because yeah, because of that. Because but of then that. boxing's been around the longest. Yeah, it has. And people, you know, the old school guys will go, you know, I remember I trained at, you know, Murray Canavan's gym when it was a boxing gym with like to Dave Russell and Matty yeah, Troy and all yep. those guys. And I'd fucking box in and I'd fucking throw a kick and they'd be like, hey, 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 don't fucking <laughs> kick in the bags, mate. What are you doing? You're fucking kicking the yeah, bags. Yeah, yeah. We'll throw you out. And I'm like, oh, shit, sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. So you go, and I've had my boxing fights and I've kickboxed and Muay Thai. I've done all that. Yep. So I've seen it. I've seen it all. But boxing's been around forever. That's There's right. always the old guys, which yep. we are now are those old guys. <laughs> <laughs> used to be, we're getting the to be cool those old, old guys. <laughs> that'll go, mate. Let's get a table. We got the money now. Yeah, that's we got right. the money to go. Fuck. What? What is it? Yeah. Two grand for a table. Yeah. Let's go. Okay, you know. Let's go. And I'll have put a it through the business or, or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So boxing will always be able to encourage people that are passive fight fans that's to right. go and watch yep. Yep. MMA. And I know there's a lot of very powerful business people that don't like MMA yeah. because it's too brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kickboxing and Muay Thai, they don't understand and it's never – and it's always been convoluted with too many titles. Yeah. Oh, he's a t- – you know, I remember ringing the Herald Sun trying to get a story on on a show and the head of the sports department at the time said, mate, sorry. He goes, there's too many – we don't – we can't work out the sport. Yeah, That's why yeah, you're yeah. not getting exposed on major mainstream media because he goes, everyone's got a title. There's no uh, clear sanctioning body. Uh, like you said, the WKA was. Yeah, yeah. But then right. everything's come in and then yeah. promoters make their own titles and know, dudes are just throwing yeah. belts left, right and centre more than yeah. fucking David Jones. <laughs> so there's belts everywhere. No one knows what's going on. And, yeah. the, and, and the guys that are just the head of sports departments go, what's this sport? How's it work? They're all over the place. Maybe not because if we put something in and it doesn't add up, yeah. we look like the Muppets. Yeah, okay. Because they're telling us he's a champion, but then we run it, and then you got ten other people going, "He's not the champ. I'm the champ." That's and it's right, yeah. so they rather avoid it. Yeah. So boxing is now on a linear progression forward. Yeah. And they've limited down all the all the hoo ha, and they're right. just trying to bring people back on track That's right. yeah, yeah. and and have a more palatable sport. Yeah. And you know, I, I'll call it now. Tim Zhu and Zarafa will fight this year. Oh, I, you know why? Because it's they're going to be the Danny Green and Mundim of, of this era. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be the story build up. That's right. That's right. So, and I think you know, I think what Tim Zhu's crew are doing is is good for Tim and the yeah. and the sport fighting uh, Charlo, which is yeah. the greatest. You know, one of the greatest of all times. 
I can see Tim doing well, but I can't see Tim winning. So, yeah. so what what so, do you do after that? You bring right, her back to right. Australia and you go, okay, now let's get that fight that everyone yeah, wanted to see, Zarafa yeah, and yeah, Tim Zhu. Yeah, I think that's what will then go, okay, now we'll just – yeah, make bank on. Yeah. This is the biggest grudge mac in Australia. Pay per view, main event, main 100%. event. Everyone, I'll watch it. Yeah, Everyone's going to watch it. Oh, and I know, you know, I know. Obviously, Michael Zarafa and and you know Tim Zoo and I'm like, man, it's a good fight. Mate, it is a good fight. Yeah. Don't, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. The first time was a shit show. Uh, things got a little bit. There was COVID. Yeah, and you true, know, true. let's talk about how much shit went wrong during COVID. No, oh, do you want to really? No, not really. Because that I was got, just another thing to add to the pile. Yeah. So when you're going to go off and start shit bagging Zarafa, I know a little bit about how that went yeah and it was like it was a little bit sideways from the start yeah it was one of those things that went wrong yeah you know but it's painted a villain and you got a hero that's right danny green mundane villain hero we've been there before we've done it before we've run it back a number of times this will be the the one for the era and happy days because it's everyone's going to be talking about it and i'll probably get an extra 20 people coming in one of the box that week because they they just want to try the boxing now (laughs) the new memberships go up (laughs) so you know either way it's entertainment yeah. and it works well and, and yeah. God bless no limit. <laughs> <laughs> Good on. Hey, and you can't knock them. I, I will say no, put, like, we've worked good. with them and, and with Mark and all the rest yeah. of it, but, uh, you know, Maddie and, and George and yeah. Trent, I mean, you got to give it to these guys. They've they've made Australian boxing very brought it back marketable yeah, very, brought it back and too. it's brought the interest back. Well, there's a few promoters too. You know, you've got, you know, the guys like Angelo DiCarlo as Angelo, well. Angelo. You know, he's Brian got it on BN, you know, like the, the – you know, they're getting on networks again and there's a bit of interest. That's right. But it's got to be, you know, the thing with a TV network and, and any media yep. is it's all about credibility. So they don't want to run stories on left, right and centre that just confuse the public yep. and, and as such make you question, you know, what information, this is bullshit. Yeah. So what are they printing that for? Why are they, you know, why are they running That's that right. guy? Right. So that, you know, trying to run a streamlined storyline that makes sense in the business and media world. Yep. That's where it's at. And then yeah. a lot of people don't realise that, like, I should get on and they should yeah. do this. I'm like, yeah. man, you know, live my life. And I, yeah. it's been my life. This is, you know, let's face it, this has been my life. It's 30 years apprenticeship. I understand So that. people want to argue why they should do yeah. this. And I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll. You know, no, as you get older, you sit there and you just listen and no, you go, and you yeah, agree. You, do. you just <laughs> nod and then if you don't really care, you don't <laughs> even say anything. But And that's where and that's pretty much yeah. where I'm at. But, yeah, yeah. The, the boys – uh, they're doing great things for boxing, and Tim and Nikita, like yeah. th- those two, obviously coming from Costa's uh, Costa Zoo oh. as well. But they're they're really forging their own names yeah, in in the absolutely. the game of boxing. Absolutely. So everyone, because everyone loved Costa as well, yeah, and and Phoenix and the Harden Hardings, and yeah. So now these are the new eras of Australian boxing so coming you through. Need, you need so lines. people are interested. Like it's just one of those things. And I, and I I say hey hats off. Yeah. I mean they're and the it, best promoters in Australia going at the moment. So it goes back to what I said with the UFC. There was there's not twenty different boxes. Yeah that everyone's thrown and they're not promoting shows every week. That's right. So the clear storyline is there. And when people have got a shell out for, for a main event boxing, they're yeah. like, you know what? When was the last time I bought one? Oh, it was a month or two ago. Yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah. Not oh, this Sunday, next Sunday, the Sunday, right, and there's one on right, Wednesday right. and then there's that. And, no, no, that's, and then online's like, trying to fleece you for a few bucks yeah, as well. Yeah. Hello, all my money's gone. hundred so, percent. Yeah. So, nah. you know, it, it's coming down to just yeah. being clarity. So when we talk about what our passion is, yeah, and, and I, we've spoken about this before. As a fighter, you'll have a short shelf life. As a martial artist, you go on forever. A lifetime. So I've chosen to, to – I'm still in the sports side of it, yep. but it's my lifetime pursuit of being a martial artist yep. and training and practising and trying to perfect my technique. Even today, yep. that is my challenge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, for fighters – that look to get in and get a title and make big money and all of that. Mm. Sorry to, to pop your bubble, but yep. you know yeah. you got to do it because you you love it. Yep. And then don't look at it as oh, uh, you know I'm going to be a hero for a day yep. because there's plenty of them around. No one cares anyway. No, so right. you know right. take it on as a as a as a lifestyle yep. and lifetime love that yep. you dedicate yourself to, yep. and you do as your own. I use my training as you do yep. as active meditation. It's a one hour a day where I'm forced to stop thinking about everything, yep. my problems, my bills, my this, my that. Because if I if I start thinking about that, I'm going to punch in the face <laughs> by someone or I don't perfect what I'm trying to do. Right. So active meditation, 
your troubles are there when you start training. They're going to be there when you finish. That's right. Just when you finish, you'll come at them with a fresher mind That's right. and maybe a different approach that enables you to work out the puzzle, yeah. Yeah. which is going back to, yeah, yeah. to our child, our, our childhoods. 100%. We started because we, we, we were problem children, so yeah. to speak. Yep. We had issues. We had demons. Yep. And the training helped us to yep. work our way through those demons yep. and give us that reprieve from the stress that was our life 100%. or the trauma that we've had. Agreed. So uh, – you're getting to it. You've come from where you've come from. You've fought as a fighter. You've coached and you've done the martial arts. You've done the Blitz magazines, international kickboxing <laughs> magazines, promotions, TV commentating, TV in, yeah. shows. You've done every single <laughs> thing and you, you're up to a stage in your life now. Yeah. If I was to say, Mark, the Hammer Castanetis, what is your rich life look like these days? Where where are you at now and and what's what's sort of looking for the future? Mate, if I can be honest with you. Well, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm still – I still try and be successful. I try and be a good person or the best person I can be. But as I, as I said earlier, I've had my dark moments even to this day. You know, I struggle with, you know, just trying to be the best I can be. And, you know, I was looking at um, – you know, some information about, you know, people that strive for perfection are never going to be eternally depressed because you're always striving for something yeah. that is not possible. Yeah, that's right. And I, I may be that little bit of that in me yeah. where I'm like, I, I want to be better. I want to look better. I yeah. want to feel better. Yeah. You know, why am I aging? Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm fighting a fight that I can't win, brother, you know, yeah. honestly. No, I, I, but I, I, I get it. I, I know, you know, I, I take my hat off to you because I look at your training online. I look at the shit you do. I'm like, man, I'm, I admire <laughs> you. I'll say that. I'm not, I'm not taking the piss. I'm yeah. No, saying I that from the heart. That, I appreciate that. And, and I wish, you know, my business and, and my res my responsibilities are such that I have to do what I have to do mm, yeah. to be the – and it, it's to the detriment of myself because yeah. I can't then train and I can't do yeah, – invest yeah. in myself. Yeah. So I'm trying to find that balance, that perfect harmony of yeah. work, life, travel, you know, pay my bills, look after my staff, look after my friends and family yeah. um, and be the best – person I can be you know I still have regrets about you know not spending enough time with my daughter to this day yeah. you know being a better partner for for my missus you know yeah. being a better boss for my employees yeah. and it's like man sometimes I, I look back on my day and I'm like I'm a shit prick yeah like yeah. I should have done better so I'm trying just to be the best version I can be yeah. and I'm trying still to help everyone, my students, mm. you know, the, the members of the gym, I want to give them the best that I'm capable of giving, yeah. which is why I built this facility. Yeah. And I'm, I don't want to be arrogant, but you know my fucking, my gym's a Mate, good gym, bro. It's like amazing, I, this, this, amazing. this gym is is on a world-class level. 100%. And I, when I opened it, I, I was balls in with it. Yeah. If, if this didn't work, I'd be broke-ass today yeah. and I'd be back working in, in a factory or doing security. Yeah. And I, that was my, that was my, Mentality. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do everything. Right. And what's a, I'll always look at things like, what's the worst thing that can happen? That's right. Worst thing that can happen is I lose everything. Yep. And then what do I do? I go back and work Start on the doors again. like I used to, yep. and I'll dig ditches. I've got plenty of mates that are builders. Yep. I'm an awesome builder's labourer. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll do I that. Agree, yeah. I I'm not too proud to do fucking yeah, yeah. anything. But you know, you know what it's like to live on the poverty so line I'll, anyway. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not scared. I've done it before. I've lived with no money, I'll, and I'm. I'll go there again. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Because yeah, everyone's like, oh, I was poor. It's like it's not no. it's not it's not trendy to be poor, man. It's no. shit. Yeah. So don't be poor. No, and if right. you want more, do more. Fuck yeah. that's life. Yeah. So what does my life look like from here? I wish I knew, to be honest yeah, with yeah. you. I I I I value that question and I'll I'll look at it always. And Sam Greco, you know, on one of your podcasts. Jizzy was good with what he said. He goes, you know, he, he had his heart attack. He was in hospital. Life goes on with or without you. Yeah, that's right. That's, and, and that's, that's the right. truth. And, yeah. and you know what? That's a hard reality because you think, oh, man, you know, You're like it's, everything's going forever. on and everyone cares about you. But if I drop off tomorrow, things, you know, everyone will be, a couple of people might be sad. A few people probably have a party. And he's gone. But, you know, but life, goes uh, the, <laughs> life goes on. Yep. And the challenge there lies in doing the best in any given situation with what you can yeah. do. Be proud of your achievements. Yeah. And I really love, you know, when we spoke about, you know, about your chain of happiness and the links. Yep. Man, like I've got, I get so much out of our conversations and, and it's, I suppose, having someone to talk to in the times when you're not, 
you're not yep. feeling it is, yep. is, is a big thing. Okay. And I, I've got a lot of people around me, but sometimes I don't have too many people to talk to. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and the reason I don't is because I don't want to be that guy that's always whinging too, so I keep it to myself. Yep. The more you keep it to yourself – the, more the, the, the harder it gets, so the you know, life ain't oh, no rich. That's, that's for sure, bro. So I'm just going to try and fucking be better, yep. and and push on, and, just and you know, surround yourself with, with the best people, yep. and you know, do the best I can. I, I look back on what I've done, and I'm proud of what I've done. Hundred percent, I, I absolutely am. Yep. I think, you know, I think a lot of people have enjoyed it. Yep. And that makes me happy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. If I if I had to look back again, I'd probably do it with a bit more balance. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. You it get is, one crack man. at it, and 100%. I've given it. Yeah. I've given it a fucking no, hell of a crack, and I'll I'll do it all again. You know. Hundred percent. And and as I say, uh, you know, we've been friends for a lot of years, but I have admired you being involved in the combat sport in Australia, being one of the icons of combat sport commentary. Um, being, you know, called my father for so many years. <laughs> you may, but, like I'm not that much older than you, dude. <laughs> I know. I look like more shit. More me brother than But no, just to, just our friendship-wise and uh, keeping it real with each other, uh, I've really admired you for, for that many years, even when Queensland and New South Wales, you've always given us time, me brother and I. Always, so, um, always. But, you know, for the Rich Life Projects, I just really appreciate your time. I appreciate you giving me the time. And if anyone sat from the start to finish and listened to all of this, Holy. You are the best and we love you. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys and, and Richie. Love you, bro. Thank no, you very much. Too, bro. Thank you, mate.